0: Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Welcome back to episode seventy-one of the On the Table Gaming Podcast. I'm Chase, and I'm joined with Josh. Josh, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Man, man this this uh, quarantine situation that's it's really starting to wear on me.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely it's getting pretty
0: old. But we got big news on the horizon, so that's uh, you know, that's good. Yeah, for, for the game. <laughs> oh my gosh! And so, I mean, literally, I've been buried. With A Song of Ice and Fire, cool content here. I mean, we have, you know, three new game modes were released last week. So now we're, we're really getting up there with, you know, crazy things. And we've got the, the First in Battle campaign, which I've still been looking over. And I haven't been able to play any of these things. No. Um, so this week, guys, do look out. We're putting up videos along with other content creators for the On the Table Gaming Online Tabletop Tournament Championship. This is really kind of been like a pilot run. So we've got eight players from around the world, and uh, we're doing it in a a hodgepodge of ways. So if it's been hard to follow, (coughs) it makes sense. Where some of them are being streamed, and a lot of them are being recorded and then uploaded. So we're going to be trying to compile all the recorded ones on on onthetablegaming.com. And uh, it's just been exciting trying to edit and upload all of that content. But really, this is kind of more so about us doing a test run to see how this format might work so that we can learn from it and do like a bigger better thing but stay tuned for more information on that um it's really been exciting and the guys are just they're all great and it's fun to see everyone get together and play tabletop simulator can sometimes be a little bit of a a bear to get used to (laughs) percent uh you know where you're like go to move your unit and you know you didn't hit the right thing to lock stuff down or who knows what and it flings it flies out yeah yeah, or I had one where it like <laughs> I moved my tray and everything fell off, but then it like was it was magnetized. So like everything clumped to it like a weird like death ball black hole thing. And I just had this like my a fist of, you know, a tray with all these miniatures on all sides of it stuck to it. So. it's definitely there's a pretty steep learning
1: curve <laughs> and uh the penalties for failure are are pretty <laughs> dramatic but at least you can always like rewind right so that if you do screw it up and like you're right carefully inching your tray into contact with an enemy and then like you know it flies all over the table you can at least go back
0: but at the same time like we live in a world where that's a possibility right where we can like be playing games across the internet uh as if we were there in real person and in, in person that's it's the future the future is here
1: yeah tabletop simulators are great it's awesome it's so good for people who want to play tabletop at home
0: another cool thing i was checking out was uh duncan rhodes who came on the podcast not too long ago he has the duncan rhodes painting academy which he just opened up and it's uh like 3.99 uh british pounds which converts to hmm, in american dollars but uh, uh Five bucks or something. Uh, I, I did subscribe to that to check it out. And so he's got some, uh, a website you can go to and log in and look at painting tutorials. And uh, he does have some Song of Ice and Fire stuff out there and coming. So right now, I think he's got the Baratheon Wardens painting tutorial. So I was checking that out. I've got a starter set I want to paint up. So I might be following along. I was actually got more interested in some of his stuff on basing. Because for my Targaryens, which is what I'm really excited to, to start painting up right now i want to do cool scenic bases and so he had some good like like dusty dirt uh sandy style basing Uh, and a lot of that if you guys want to check out that website i mean to be to be frank like a lot of it's still coming uh so he's got like things in every category but it's you know he's he's talked to me and he's got a lot of cool stuff coming he's gonna have all the core sets eventually done for song of ice and fire so that's getting rolled out on like a weekly basis so cool to check in if you want to get in there early if you wait like a few weeks and jump in that would probably be a lot more content but it's cool to be there like instantly and, and roll it out and and uh you know support a fellow hobbyist and then uh we got some baratheon stuff here maybe we'll hold off in the game modes and we'll talk about baratheons which baratheon set should we talk about first
1: and hey, we have to go with stannis the man Stannis.
0: oh man okay after uh michael sonal sort of teasingly uh had a little uh had some words to say about Stannis on a, a, a live stream Q and A we did recently. Uh I feel like it's only fair to to give Stannis a, another shot here. Uh, <laughs> he had some fighting words.
1: Oh, did uh, he? I didn't. I didn't hear it. What did oh say? boy. Uh, Was talking so yeah, smart?
0: it's like a, a few minutes of him talking about how Stannis maybe never accomplished anything of worthwhile, has no significant oh. military victories, and you know he just had some some perspectives on it. I think. <laughs> He, he, he killed the wildlings at the, at the wall right that's, I mean, that's true something. that's true i know that's a win that's a win that's true fair enough he killed some wildlings you're right yeah. and
1: he survived that siege thanks as a
0: wildling Davos. commander I've, I've many people have killed wildlings at this point <laughs> but so that was funny i know some people got a little concerned he's having fun guys he's just he's just poking fun um Hey, he would so, have won.
1: He also would have won uh, the Battle of Blackwater if it weren't for. Uh, well, if we're
0: counting real ones it. here, then I got some. I <laughs> you got have to sorry. Uh, so, yeah, let's jump in with Stanison. So, first off, I mean, there's been so much content. Um, you know, I think we're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, at least 10 or 11 things to talk about here. Uh, starting off with that unit, the, the Roller Faithful.
1: Um, these guys. They're, they look pretty interesting, although they're already getting a little bit of, uh, I don't want to say hate, but like they're getting a little bit of the, hmm, where do these guys fit into the, fit in, uh, to the faction?
0: Yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, movement speed five, sword of the faith, they hit in a three plus, eight, six, four, five plus armor, four plus morale. But the real, the real moneymaker here is in these two abilities, sword of the faith, which gives them vicious, and then their ability heart of fire. Each time this unit passes a morale test, it gains one faith token. It may expend the faith tokens to do the following. After this unit is attacked with melee, the attacker suffers a panic test with a negative one to their roll for each remaining rank in this unit. And then when this unit is destroyed, one other roller unit within long range may make a free attack action. I mean, what do you think? (laughs) I think what it comes down to is I think part of... Seven points, I look at this as really an eight-point unit in that I might want to drop something like a Bolton Flayer in here that has prey on fear. So each time the enemy engaged with this unit fails a panic test, the unit may restore up to two wounds. Because I see, see like, this is, like, I I don't know how many ways you can play. It's sort of a, it's an expensive unit with five-plus armor, but it can put out a lot of hurt. Like, how are you going to keep this alive?
1: The Five plus armor is really rough. Obviously, the four plus morale you're almost never taking morale wounds ever. Right. Um, you know, but I think you're right, like putting that bolt and flayer in there is is probably a good idea just to give them a little bit more survivability. Because, yeah, five plus armor is just that's
0: tough. I mean, am, am I missing something? Like, what else do you want to put in there? I mean, enemy, uh, master warden enemies don't gain charge bonuses, like, no, like it, these guys are going to get. I, cause I'm looking at these guys kind of like cave dweller savages, right? Same morale, five plus armor instead of six plus armor. But the way most people roll five plus armor ain't much better than six plus armor.
1: Yeah. So well, and,
0: yeah. And,
1: and, and I got to say like, you know, their overall damage output, I mean, they should be hitting, a, you know, s- some number of times, but vicious only matters if you do wounds, you know what I mean? And so, especially if you got, if you like get these guys down to their last rank
0: where they're rolling four dice, it's like, eh, they're going to be tough. Right. And so you don't want to put any of the more heavy attachments in there because then you're really sitting at a, like a nine point unit or something that, that doesn't have any staying power. So I think these guys are going to be, they're kind of glass cannoning, And I think that what the problem I see with Stannis Baratheon right now is that the, the hero box that kind of opened up a taste of some of the things that Stannis Baratheon's forces are going to be able to do, but it's like, it's too it's like it's a breath versus depth, depth situation where it's like they can it seems like there's four kind of sub themes or or things they can do. So they've got uh you know their panic based damage with these guys uh, and like Melisandra. You've got your self-damage for benefits units, you've got your mobility guys with like the Seaworth guys, and then you've got your condition play with like Axel Florence. You got these like four ways you can go, but right now you've got you know one new unit the roller faithful and so it's just like we're kind of in like the thin water here whereas i feel like when we talk about renly on a future episode like it's a little bit more straightforward and so it it seems like it might synergize more right now Uh, yeah i I think
1: given that we really have very very few actual units to play with in baratheons right now it it probably just it feels that way at the moment and you know it's not doesn't make it not true it's just that
0: um but like in a you know say. 6 months or more or less hopefully less in 6 <laughs> <Well>. months <laughs> um we might have a faction where it's like Stannis can just do so much like so many styles of play
1: i think about that it's like is that more of an advantage to be able to have a little more flexibility like when you can do one thing really well with Renly you know that's that's great but then you know if your uh, opponent has something that can counter that or you know kind of disrupt that plan there is no plan B, right? But, you know, something, a faction that has the ability to play a lot of different styles, I think, is a, is a good thing. Um, but you thing need I, uh, enough support for it, right? Because if you have a bunch right. of, like, underdeveloped sort of tactics, then obviously, you know, you're not going to be doing a whole lot with them.
0: Right. And I think, you know, I guess the funny thing, I hadn't really been thinking about, like, competitive play with Baratheons much. Mostly because I feel like you've been mostly running them, and I will probably paint some, but I, I probably won't go heavy into Baratheon. But I guess you go to a tournament event, and you have two lists. You could have a Stannis list and a Renly list. Yeah. And I was like, I was just thinking of it like, oh no, I just have two Stannis lists or something. Um, you can have a lot of options with this faction.
1: Totally. I mean, it's yeah, it's two different armies basically. It's it's uh, it's pretty cool.
0: Uh, so kind of moving on from the the uh, Roller Faithful, uh, we have a new commander, a new Stannis commander, which is Stannis Baratheon, the one true king. So he's got Affiliation Roller. Uh, he's fearless. The unit may never suffer penalties to morale and may never become panicked. And obviously, Stannis has, has loyalty, Stannis Baratheon. Um, taking a look at his tactics cards here. Josh, what are you thinking of uh, his three tactics cards here?
1: Let's see. So, I, well, I think, first of all, like, you know, where do you put him in the, in the Roller Faithful? You know, really uh... reinforce that morale? No, I don't know. I don't think so. Let's see. So uh, first one is he has, I never know how to say this word, Azor Ahai. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Uh, (laughs)
0: That's why I made you say it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When friendly combat units attack with melee before attack dice are rolled, the attacker suffers D3 plus one automatic hits. If the defender is a roller unit, the attacker suffers four automatic hits instead of rolling. So... Yeah, I mean, that seems pretty good. You definitely want to lean into the, the roller sort of sub-faction then, if you're going to be using this commander. Uh, then we have Harsh Decisions. Uh, when a friendly combat unit activates, the unit may suffer D3 wounds to gain one of the following effects until the end of turn. Plus two attack dice, cannot suffer disorderly charges. This unit may make a pivot before choosing its action. And if this unit is a roller unit, it may choose one additional
0: effect. So that is awesome. And that yeah. kind of plays into that, that sub-theme of, like, you do self-damage for benefits. Yes. Um, and so I think maybe down the line we well. talk about. Yes, and this is where, like, maybe stagnates are starting to come more into play. Because I, right now, the other units, you don't really want to be taking a ton
1: of wounds unnecessarily on... Yeah, they don't because well, they don't take. You know, it's not like the berserker stat line where they're getting right. better, they're getting angrier. It's like they're getting shittier, right? So then right. you have the roller falls and are rolling four dice. It's like cool. I'm going to give them plus two dice. <laughs> well, you could just sure. not yeah. take the wounds. Don't hurt me, bro. Uh, so then the final one is uh, when a friendly roller unit activates, that unit suffers a panic test. On a success, attaches card to that unit until the end of the round. While attached, this unit gets plus one to defense save rolls. So that's obviously the perfect card for roller faithful right cuz then i guess their yeah. uh, defense save up to a, a 4 plus you know you might have stagnites go all the way up to a, a 3 plus for you know which they should be probably anyway um or or a unit of wardens to a 2 plus so that's you know pretty uh, pretty good i guess if you want to bunker um stand this in with a unit and get like a warden unit all the way up to a 2 plus armor save you know throw this I mean, on there
0: that's terrifying
1: I mean, I mean, I guess yeah. heck,
0: even like Sentinels at three plus is nice. Totally. I mean, I guess honestly, anything getting into the three plus, all their units, plus one armor, that that's that's a great I mean that might be the best card out of those three.
1: Well it's no, seven. harsh
0: decisions is really good, but you're paying for it. The thing is about sentinels is they have such a trash morale, like they have a seven plus yeah. that they're,
1: they're a little like they're a little harder to you might just roll under and, and screw that up.
0: But if he's in there, right, they never Oh, so they never no they never suffer the penalties,
1: penalties they yeah. if they give him like a plus 2 like if they had like stalwart this might be a good campaign yeah. card oh yeah hmm and does that card have to be a does it have to be a roller unit that, that that does it yes it does okay yeah so then that skip everything i just said although actually sorry right, put right. if you put stannis in with the sentinels right that's a lot of work to get to like a medium that, that, that might is. not happen at all <laughs> like um, what are the odds I feel like I feel like obviously this commander is like you're probably gonna be leaning pretty heavily into that roll or sort of sub sub thing. Right.
0: Otherwise, that's how they roll or are we saying oh, that right? Is someone gonna we're going are we gonna get hate mail where it's like it's It's
1: a silent R. Yeah, there's three there's four there's four consonants and an apostrophe in
0: a row before you get to a vowel. So who the are we sure this is what it's even called? This is a typo on the cards. Is it's like All right. And then our next commander is an NCU commander, Axel Florent, the first of the Queen's Men. So he's got Roller's Blessing and it's an influence. So when he influences a friendly combat unit, you may remove one condition token from it. And when influencing a friendly unit, it counts as a roller unit, which is something that, like, maybe you'd want to have in the, uh, you know, that other commander. Janus? Yeah.
1: Well, you can't, have, you can't use them. I know, device.
0: right? But it's like, gosh, it's, this is the perfect thing to give people roller uh, status.
1: It's funny because the, the NCU, not to jump ahead, but the NCU version, like the, the point version, uh, does not grant roller affiliation. Yeah. So wishful thinking.
0: <laughs> right. But, you know, most of his tactics cards play off of uh, roller units, so I mean, you want to make the unit you're going to be targeting with your tactics cards that subtype The thing is, it makes it a little bit more predictable. But let's go through his tactics cards and see what they do. So, Roller's Wrath, when a friendly engaged combat unit makes a melee attack, this attack rolls plus two attack dice. If the attack is a roller unit, this attack also gains sundering. So, plus two dice and sundering, that's great. Um, You know, even putting that on your stag knights again, you can choose other benefits now and you got an even beefier stat line.
1: Even if you throw that on the Roller Faithful, now they're rolling 10 dice. On a three plus with Sundering, they're 100. basically like best case scenario berserkers. So then you know you also you have a really good unit.
0: Yeah. Uh, fiery Resolve: When a friendly unit passes a morale test, one enemy combat unit within short range of that friendly unit becomes panicked. If the friendly unit is a roller unit, the enemy also becomes weakened. Yeah, that's the kind of the panic damage theme. I guess that's sort of central to roller, uh, and that's why I think that the uh, yeah. that the flayer getting those healing up might be really useful.
1: I mean, yeah, so you're you're counting on, so again, like, this is like perfect roller, roller faithful, you know, unit where, okay, you attack me, I take some wounds, but then I pass my panic test, because of course I do, I play this, you become panicked, and then also you become weakened, it's like, that's, I mean, that's pretty good, um, you know.
0: Right, and then favorite. you nuke with Melisandre, and you heal four wounds in a round. Pretty good. You know, maybe that's what keeps you alive. And then there's fire. Defender. Yeah. And then there's fiery charge. When a friendly combat unit successfully charges, the defender becomes panicked. If the attacker is a roller unit, then the defender also becomes vulnerable. So you got your sundering, you got your vulnerable, you got your weakened token play. Um, yeah. So there's a, you know, a lot of options here. You could play fiery
1: charge into a roller's wrath, right? Cause they are two different triggers. One's oh, yeah. charge, one's on the melee. So if you set up the right attack, you cause they don't overlap at all. You you know, if you're using the roll or faithful, you literally roll uh, three plus with sundering. They're going to be panicked, vulnerable, and you'll have vicious. It's like that's going to be an alpha strike against something.
0: Side note, isn't a attack part of a charge, though? I thought they were two separate activities. I got to double check that. All right. We'll we'll leave Uh, it in if it's otherwise.
1: (laughs) Rules lawyers, please let us know how I'm right or wrong
0: here. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, he's got an NCU version, which you were kind of hinting at as well. He's a three-point NCU. Whenever this unit activates, uh, whenever you influence the unit, and then whenever the influence unit activates, each player may expend one condition token from it to deal two wounds.
1: This is interesting. So he's influencing a unit, um, and then I can either spend condition tokens that I've put on you to, Mm to deal two wounds, or I can remove... Condition tokens from my own unit at the cost of two wounds. Right.
0: So this kind of goes back uh, to that condition play. Yeah. So where, you know, you might want to... So, you know, the the NCU version allows you basically... to The NCU the commander allows you to, like, remove tokens Um, from people he's influencing. This one allows you to expend them and deal damage. So I guess maybe that's another pairing with the Stagnites. Or it's like, go ahead, hurt me. So they activate, hmm. they take that damage to get an additional rank of abilities, maybe.
1: You already have to have had a condition token put on you, which is not uncommon, but still. Right. And then, like,
0: the weirdest part is each player can do that. So you could exp- you could use this to get tokens off of your own guys if you really need it, or you just do it to do straight wounds to your opponent.
1: Yeah, but then, obviously, they're not going to... Do that, or they they get to make the choice of whatever they think is most important. Well, they might
0: be like, I'd rather take two wounds and be able to not have my guys be vulnerable. Yeah. Although eh, I don't know. It's weird. But, it's a
1: weird card.
0: But I feel like that's gonna pair well with Shire Errol or some of the, the characters that let you throw out uh tokens a little bit more easily or remove them. Um and there, that would be two three point NCUs then. But there's a little bit of finesse here, it seems like.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's a, little bit, it's a little bit of an odd one. I mean, I guess the thing that's good about it is it's a three-point.
0: Right. MCU, and right? I mean, so you're going to be bad. tying, this ties up well with the Baratheon Wardens, who can uh, do target opening when this unit attacks and may expend a weakened token. Oh, no, that's not. Oh, no, with their Warhammer ability. If the defender rolls a one on any defense saves, they become weakened. Yeah. So if you just wanted to be like, go ahead, I don't care about you hitting me, I want to blast you for two wounds. Yeah, I mean against a unit you know, like
1: a giant or something like that. Oh.
0: Yeah. You're like, cool. I mean, they, maybe
1: that's enough to kill you.
0: You know. Yeah,
1: that's true. And so it is two auto wounds if you can get a token on first. So I think it's it's it's. It's reasonable. It's I, I, you may, maybe take him and Shira,
0: and there's also so that's kind of like these different styles of play. Then there's also the mobility style of Baratheon play, uh, which comes from the Seaworth uh, characters. So Davos, the hero of Blackwater. Now Davos has three versions that came in this set. Uh, so his his attachment commander version is Loyalty Stannis Baratheon, and has Pathfinder. So the unit that he's in gets plus one movement and ignores the dangerous, hindering, and rough terrain keywords. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, I just wonder, is that the style of play a lot of people are going to lean into? I mean, was, has any of these sort of spoken to you so far, being like, oh, I want to have you know faster, stronger, better? I mean...
1: It's an infantry unit, right? So it's like right. great. So now, theoretically, my sentinels could be moving at a speed of six and like ignoring all sort of terrain penalties. I mean, that's pretty good. Uh, I don't know. Do you put them in the roll or faithful? Like, do they need the help getting around?
0: Yeah, I don't know. And so when you put him into your army, he replaces the card. Ours is the Fury, which is the one that allows you to make a free melee attack. Attacking the attacker when you are attacked, but not destroyed. And so that's such a great card. So he replaces that with flea bottom tricks. When a friendly combat unit activates, the unit may make a free march or maneuver action. So you access four tactics cards. And so now you've got it, you're doubling down to that maneuverability. So you're able to get where you want to be. I mean, that's a big trade off. It's just a a huge swing in the style of play that the Bratheans are. Like, ours of the Fury is like an iconic Brathean card. Yes. So, the trick is
1: always with ours is the fury, though. That's the one where you have to like be attacked and not and survive, right?
0: Right, yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's I are mean, uh, are pretty
1: hardy, yeah, that's true. Um, although the other one, oh gosh, what card is it? It's uh, last stand, right? Yep, yeah, uh, that's the one I like with stagnates, you know, because then you get that like one mega hit before you're
0: dead. And so, you know, Davos also has the tactics cards, everything. When a friendly combat unit is destroyed, you may move one attachment from that unit to another friendly combat unit within long range, ignoring the usual attachment restrictions. So you got to mm. start thinking about, like, what are your your mega combos here that you want to set up? Do you take a unit of, like, Stormcrow's chaff or something that you're gonna, like, run up and be like, go, 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 die, and then be like, now I <laughs> have the ultimate unit.
1: I don't know if, uh yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like, so would you really sacrifice a unit on purpose just to get two attachments into a unit? Like, I, how good I would don't know be? if there's
0: any unit in here right now that I want that attachment so badly, but there's got to be some guy who's got like, uh, you know, his wall with like red strings pinned around to different attachment cards that's like, this is the ultimate combination. And he'll, you know, make some ultimate unit out of this that gets, you know, Walder Freight or something, but
1: mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Then there's parlay. When a friendly combat unit activates as its action, this unit may place one activation token on an enemy combat unit within short range.
1: Well, that's pretty good.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: you have a unit that's like like a warden unit that's just basically holding the line. You go, I don't care about anything else. I'm just gonna go ahead and make you not be able to do anything with this other unit.
0: That's pretty good. I mean, you got two of these in your card. And so on a turn, you could just be like, two of these in your deck so on your turn you could just be like oh yeah four activation combat unit list like well 50 <laughs> yeah. percent of your army ain't doing anything this, this yeah.
1: well and think about like i mean how bad that would be though against free folk you're like
0: um i'm
1: never gonna use that card <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> what
0: are you talking about it's gonna be like well you got eight raiders and then like one unit that you care about like the one unit you care about isn't doing anything i guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then i cool. let's see yeah and so i can't When a friendly combat unit so it's not an influence, I can't, um, I can't, how do I counter this as Free Folk? I don't really, I just lose the activation. I guess I have them to spare, but some people that's going to really, that's going to really gunk up the wheels.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, you go with those like three NCU attachments, uh, lists, and then yeah, you're you're, suddenly one of your elite units is just stuck for a turn.
0: Yeah. Obviously Uh, they can
1: trigger off of like stuff on the tactics board, but.
0: Right. That's necess- then you just you know beat him on the tactics board. But uh, for cool. the true king is his final fourth card. When a friendly combat unit activates, choose one of the following. If this unit contains Davos Seaworth, you may choose two instead. You can't choose the same effect twice. Yeah, that makes sense. The uh, unit gains plus two movement until the end of the turn.
1: Imagine if you could choose that twice and then you oh, could have Plus four, plus your natural, plus
0: one. (laughs) Yeah, and this unit attacks, gains plus one to hit this turn, and then the unit restores up to two wounds and removes a condition token. So out of these three options, I mean, crazy increased your speed, and if Davos is in there, that's then a a plus three because those do stack.
1: I mean, what's great about this is that this is a a card that's very flexible for whatever you need it to do. So there's this concept in, like, magic of, like, modal cards that are really popular because they can do they have like three different modes on them and this isn't like exactly that right so it's it's power comes from the fact that it's not ever going to be a dead card right like you might have a situation where parlay is not super useful for the true king is always going to find a place to be played
0: that's good yeah and so he's got two of his four tactics cards are off of when a, a friendly combat unit activates uh which is you know sharing a sharing a tactics trigger but it's it's a flexible one um, yeah not... well the only thing that's
1: kind of annoying is that it's um you know it has to be their activation right so it's not like when they make like a melee attack
0: or you know what i mean yeah. so it's
1: at least oh, it's man, not... I
0: misspoke. flea bottom tricks is also when a friendly combat unit activates yeah
1: i mean at least it's not as annoying as like when a friendly engaged combat unit activates because yeah. that's what a lot of the baratheon default list uh tactics are and those are super hard to trigger sometimes um
0: but yeah still so what do you think i mean does he, he does that speak to you or are you like man i want to run some some davos in my army no <laughs> not really not
1: in the current incarnation i mean it's just not what the like to me at least it's not what the faction is trying to do um yeah you know they are a like their their faction identity is a slow plotting unit and like you know, giving one unit plus one speed and ignoring terrain by default
0: is like a solid myth.
1: And then a lot yeah, of those cards gonna, are fine, but not, you know, not blow my hair back.
0: I wonder if we're going to see it maybe be like a specific game mode style of play where it's like, you know, mm-hmm. some of those new beta modes like on an open field where it's like basically like football. You got to get a token to the end zone and you just be yeah. like, I get the stuff for them and then the the smugglers run it down the field.
1: Yeah, I mean uh. it could be something like that where I it, it totally he could be he probably could be useful. It's just like I think with the faction right now, it's like I don't really see his right. I don't see a lot of like support for what he's trying to do.
0: Then we've got Davos Seaworth in his second incarnation as the hand of the true king as an NCU at four points with smuggler's cunning. He begins the game with two orders tokens on him. When a friendly combat unit charges after rolling charge distance dice, you may remove one order token from Davos to re-roll any of those dice. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's just so important for you to be getting in there and, and dealing your damage and, and having successful charges. Yeah.
1: Well, how many times have you been in that situation where you're like, I need a four to
0: like oh, reach yeah. the enemy or a five? And you're or like, oh, it's just oh like, crap. Oh, it's not that far, but I'm going through something that like makes me roll additional dice. Yes. It's just and like, and uh, you need that charge
1: to happen in order to like yeah. not get completely boned. Like, this is a great way to just kind of give you a little bit of an insurance policy. Uh, I know the opportunity cost is a little high because there's a lot
0: of good NCUs at at that point range, but... Right, that's the real uh, scary thing is now Baratheons are not hurting for NCUs. But, you know, that's going to be... He's useful.
1: I mean, that's just... He's just generically useful. Not like a, you know, super effective synergy piece, but like that will come up.
0: Uh, And then, man, I'm trying to find all my Davos here. Then we've got Davos Seaworth The Onion Knight, with his uh, order Smuggler's Aid, uh, when when another friendly combat unit within with his order Smuggler's Aid, when another friendly combat unit with one rank remaining activates, the unit suffers D3 wounds. Sorry, this unit suffers D3 wounds. Restore one plus that many wounds to the targeted friendly combat unit. Uh, He's a true loyalist. If you attach this unit to a unit with loyalty, when attacking with only one remaining rank. This unit counts as having two remaining ranks instead. So basically you can take damage to his unit to heal other units. Oh, that's how that works. Right. You suffer D3 wounds and then you get to restore that many wounds to a a friendly unit. Yeah. With only one remaining rank. So he's going to keep these guys alive, but man, you're in the danger zone. Then you're done your last rank. What's the point of that one? I, I I just feel like it's I mean it's very the self damage for benefits part of this style of a faction. Yeah, it's very risky. I mean it's high reward in a lot of cases, and you're gonna want to if you're doing that style of play like you're gonna want to be able to have something like this to be able to make sure those units don't die when you're doing damage to them. Yeah. But you're really just like you're just moving wounds around. Yeah, this one's really
1: rough. I mean, like, where do you put them? Because you you put them in you you would think like, oh, I'll put him in Stagnites maybe, but then like the true loyalist kind of screws him up. Right? Right. Oh, you don't yeah. want them to, you, like you'll take wounds be like, okay, well now you have you kind of having two remaining ranks, so you get like less bonuses. <laughs> Although I guess they don't have loyalty, do they? So, yeah.
0: Is this the <laughs> guy that when he, no, no, yeah, I don't know. I don't, think his, I don't think his
1: time has come yet, but you no, also it's... know
0: how I feel about character attachments in general. It's That's true. Mostly they're
1: just not good enough for what they do.
0: Uh, what about Devin Seaworth? That was the other Seaworth that I was forgetting. Um, the King oh, yeah. Squire. with his Very forgettable. Heroism. Heroism. When this unit declares a charge action, the unit suffers D3 wounds, but counts as rolling a six for any charge distance roll. And he also has true loyalists like his father, where it counts as, if you're on your last rank, remaining rank, you count as having two ranks instead. I don't know. Two Yuck. points. Yuck you could take the Davo Seaworthy NCU at four points, double the cost to get to, to have two order tokens. <laughs> so this guy will just kill your own unit and make you count as a six, guaranteed. Heaven is so bad. I don't know. I, I just, yeah, that's the same thing. The problem is like right now we have all these awesome, like I, I think that's going back to my thoughts about Stannis in general right now, this whole hero box is that you have so many tools now and you're like, holy crap, like these could be really good if and they're not bad but it's just like you only right now have the core units in the baratheon starter set you know where are you putting these i I kind of feel like it's like i've got this vision of now like all these things this faction can do but i don't necessarily have those tools yet
1: well how many loyalty units do we have in that faction right so it's like yeah so much of their thing about true loyalists like there's one option
0: right for loyalty so right i don't know so i feel like i'm sounding maybe a little bit down on the hero box i think the hero box is amazing it's just that, like, we've been spoiled for choice right here. And yet, you know, not all the choices are useful yet. Totally.
1: Yeah. So it's like, it's just, I think, like, their their time just hasn't come yet. Like, you need more, more like, loyalty-specific units. Obviously, like, character attachments can, like, get, impart that loyalty to the units in there. Like, if you had, you know, Stannis, one true king commander in a unit of whatever, like, you know, then they're a Stannis unit. But, like, otherwise, it's like... W- but you can't put him and Devin in the same unit. you have to put Devin in like a roller faithful. Is that good.
0: I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, it's then there are nine yeah. points. <laughs> yeah. I mean a
1: Bolton flair is like way, way, way better for one point. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make,
0: it doesn't make I sense. I think maybe it's, we got to just be, you know, back on Dragonstone, sulking a little bit, and then as more stuff comes out, then you, then you really conquer the world, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, this is just—I, th- I think it's one of those back of the binder cards, and then maybe one day he'll have his time in the sun, but today is not that day. Not
0: that day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Andrew Estermont, the first of the Kingsmen. He's got, uh, he's the commander attachment and he's got the order of meticulous planning. When this unit activates, discard two tactics cards to search your tactics decks for any one card and add it to your hand and then shuffle your tactics deck. Ooh, what do you think about that? That is a pretty cool card. I mean, that is a.
1: I mean, like, think about it. You have to have... It's when your unit activates, so you can go and find exactly what you're looking for. Obviously, you need to have, like, drawn enough cards to pay pay for that, right? Yeah. But I think one of the problems with, like, the Baratheon cards in general is that you wind up with, like, a, a pretty good number of dead cards in your hand. This allows you to just throw two of them away and go grab something that you do need. Uh, I wish you could pair this guy with the, the card draw guy from... Um,
0: yeah Renly yeah Elden Estermont <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> I mean they're, they're like
0: PB&J right now well that that's I think stuff. one thing so Stannis doesn't have a lot of card draw options right. and so this is kind of right now your your main choice for that
1: were Andrew Estermont and the other guy was Elden Estermont are they were they enemies is that how it worked like one went one way, one went the other way. One went Renly, one went Stannis. I mean, I don't remember the characters in the book really.
0: Yeah, basically they they both declare at the at the onset of the War of the Five Kings. Lord Estermont declares for his grandson and liege lord, Renly Baratheon. Yeah, basically they split. They go they go both ways. Weird. Huh. What well, should then we talk after about after they get Andrew's... captured? They oh, both bend the knee to Bar- the Joffrey Baratheon. So they go to they go to Joffrey after the after Stannis is. Uh, defeat at the Battle of Blackwater.
1: Should we talk about the tactics cards for Andrew? Yeah,
0: so at any cost, his first one here, when a friendly combat unit would fail a panic test, kill one model in this unit to automatically pass the panic test instead. Pretty good. It's useful. That's I think good. we see that in a lot of other things, though. I don't know. But I Think sometimes... about... Think about
1: um, for like sentinels or something like that. Oh, right? I guess you're right. You're right. Till you a model like that is basically like a, like a guard captain, right? Effect. Yeah. Which is so good to like to say, well, this panic test would cost me four wounds. I'll just take one. It just stops you from having that catastrophic loss.
0: Good. Okay. Uh, attrition tactics. Start of any turn. Deal one friendly combat unit any number of wounds. For each wound dealt, one opponent must discard that many tactics cards at random. Oh, that's awesome. Holy crap.
1: That's literally just like, okay, you've got three. I would take three wounds to a unit of wardens to make you discard your entire hand. Playing Lannisters and you're like, well, I don't want to deal with whatever you got going on. So I will uh, go ahead and just delete your hand.
0: Yeah, that's insane. I think the only challenge is really going to be at some point being like, I mean, God, those Tyrion plays, mm-hmm. where they just like adaptive tactics or whatever that is, getting their cards they need, and then just be like, nah, yeah, you, you lost that card. Like, good luck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the real problem is going to be it's like some, some styles of play when you got those like Night Watch players that are like, I got my whole deck in my hand by turn three cool gonna like, i'm gonna make you discard your whole i'm just gonna right but i be like what, what can and... i do 10 what can i do 20 wounds on or something be like sure but even still like oh my god would you delete i mean would you delete a unit i mean it depends what your list is god could you build a list or you just be like yeah i delete this unit is here for you know deleting and you losing all your cards They're
1: just soaking up wounds yeah like a unit of like well i'm warden to the cheapest right so you just take three wounds a turn obviously you can't play this
0: card over and over again. Otherwise this would be, there's two, dangerous. there's two in your hand. I mean, so really it's just going to be against those, those stockpile your hand sort of lists, but that's but like can, a hard, you counter. can also go get it. Right. So yeah. like, that's
1: the thing. Yeah. Like, the ability is <laughs> oh that like, my
0: God. if you don't what? have it on
1: turn one, you can just get, go get it. Yeah.
0: Gosh, that's pretty amazing. Um, I think it's a cool, it's a cool card for sure. So that's going to be meta shifting in some areas for sure.
1: Just think about okay. like all the times where you're like, you know, I think I have like the plan for it because like part of like this game is that the unknown is like you have the known, which is the board, right? The board state. And you can kind of like, you see like, okay, I know what the abilities are I know what everybody can do here. What you don't know is what your opponent has in their hand. Do they have an effect that's going to allow them to counter what you're about to play? Right. So how do you counter that? You just, just just remove their entire hand. Right. And now,
0: even if it's one card, like it's like that guy's been holding on to that one card all game (laughs) you're getting down to 11th hour here and you'd be like, nah, I'll take a wound to have that certainty. Well, and
1: you could just maybe remove a card that's going to be like totally screwing them over, like something that they're really counting on for like later on, yeah. setting it up. And, you know, like the the free folk uh, card that redeploys a unit, and you're just like, well, now you just don't have that one anymore. Like that's really, really, really strong. And then you have perfect information on the board. Now you know exactly what your opponent can do. Um, and you just just question, like, who are they
0: activating? <laughs> Very cool. Very cool card. If only they had used this at the Battle of Blackwater, they would have. <laughs> The reliable Man is his final one. After this unit is attacked but not destroyed by a melee attack, your favorite trigger. Um, Oh no, that's the engaged one. But after this unit is attacked but not destroyed (laughs) by a melee attack, attach this card to the unit. Attach this card to that unit until the end of the game. While this card is attached, this unit may never become panicked. If this is Andrew's unit, it also may never become weakened. Like a little mini Stannis here, almost. You get like a. I mean, yeah, it's, it's... You got two of these. You can make, in the game, two of your units be immune to being panicked, and if one of them's Andrew's unit, they can't get... You're just two, you know, half of the tactics conditions. you just like, whatever. I don't care about it. Yeah.
1: It'll, it'll come up for sure. It's just like, how good is that? Like, okay, you can't become panicked or weakened. It's like...
0: Mm. Oh, i you're playing against Boltons or something. you would be like, screw your panic tricks.
1: I guess, yeah. Bruce
0: and your little dog, too. For that, yeah.
1: I, I mean, I, it's fine.
0: It, I, I would say it's, it's okay. I mean, at some point, right, when your other card is <laughs> screw you, Tactics Hand, you got to be like, well, let's, let's, let's tone back our other one. Yeah, and yeah, he sure. also has a two-point attachment version, Andrew Estermont, True Loyalist, which has critical blow and uh, the same True Loyalist ability where if you're down to one rank and you count as having two instead. So getting critical blowout on units, that's pretty nice.
1: Yeah. So then it's just going to what? Like, you're, you're, again,
0: who are you putting him in,
1: though? That's the question, right?
0: I mean, I think critical blow. blow. Yeah. I mean, critical blow really, especially maybe it's Sentinels. That's an expensive unit, though. I'm kind of scared. I don't play Baratheons, really, to be honest. I think I played one game. The putting a lot of points into Sentinels is a little scary. Yeah,
1: they're, they're not that survivable. I would even maybe put, put them in, like, Roller Faithful, maybe.
0: Maybe, you okay, know? yeah, that might work. Because then they've got hmm. the
1: benefit of the true loyalist part of it, right?
0: Now, is this the attachment that you want to play with Davos that you can, like, pull into another unit? Is there some sort of combos that we can set up here? No, I guess only Renly. Loris is the one that has Precision. I know a lot of people just go crazy for a critical blow and precision. Yeah, that's a gross combo. But no, I guess that's it. Well, I mean, critical blow is still good on its own. But yeah, it's, there are some good, good choices. But at two points, you know, there might not be a best choice yet. Uh, it's like, I mean, you could throw them in
1: Roller Faithful. But then again, you're like, isn't the Bolton Slayer better for one point? Right. I think so. If you're taking two okay. units of them, obviously, you know, well, no, I'd still take, I just take a Bolton Slayer in each one.
0: Hmm, I don't know. And then there's that also Melissandra the NCU, the Red Woman. Uh man, we've proxied some games with her. And uh, at 5 points, I was like, that's a lot of points. She's uh she's pretty good. She does work. So I mean, her... she's it's a powerful, powerful ability. So her ability is Sacrifice to the Lord of Light. When Melissandra activates, one enemy combat unit suffers a panic test. Before they roll, you may target a friendly infantry unit and deal them 1 to 3 wounds for each wound dealt the enemy suffers negative 1 to their panic test roll and plus 1 additional wound if they fail you just yeah. nuke and
1: stuff it's 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 really strong and and like i guess the question is like what you want in this faction thats I think what's missing is either A, a unit that benefits from taking wounds, so like a Berserker style where they're like getting actively better by being damaged, you know, maybe Sagnites is kind of that unit, but it's, they have a little hard time surviving, mm-hmm. or what you want to do is have like a better way to recover wounds more easily right. in that faction, which is all of Renly's cards, right? Right. So it's like, what you really want is like Melisandre to be in a Renly unit.
0: Right. Uh, if the two then, combined... Oh my god. That'd be a fun crazy game mode to be like, as a Baratheon, you just play like, here's a not-official like casual game mode where you just play all Baratheon. (laughs) See see what sort of ridiculous list you could make.
1: Just because then you could throw something like, you know, know, like like Rose Knights or something, where it's just like, they're recovering wounds all the time anyway. And so then you just pop them in there, and then you don't really care that much about what she's doing, right?
0: Yeah. God, remember the uh, Who's the Boss game mode that Greg Young was running, where you showed up and you, you had your faction, you got a random commander from another faction. Oh, yeah. You're yeah, like yeah. Baratheons are going to play well into something like that. Like, oh, yeah, I'll exactly. take a new thing. Uh, it's very carefully balanced, I think. I think that's the point, though, right, is that you don't have these options. You are starved, so that it's like a very deliberate decision to be like, I'm going to hurt this unit to do some big effect, and now I've got to find ways to mitigate that.
1: Well, exactly, yeah. I, I think that's what's, that's what's sort of missing from the faction currently.
0: And then Wait, so- it's Celice and Shireen. I think Celice, Celis. That's right. Uh, C- queen C- and Princess, Sacrifice of the Flames. It's an influence. When influencing a unit, that unit counts as a roller unit. Okay, so here's your yeah. way to get that out a four, point NC- a four point NCU. Each time that unit attacks after rolling dice, it may suffer D3 wounds to deal the same amount of wounds to the defender. Situationally, this is really strong. Yeah,
1: because if I'm a five point unit attacking an eight point unit and I'm taking D3 wounds to deal D3 wounds to you, I'm coming out on top of points, right? Right. Um, Or if it's a unit that's hard to wound like a giant or whatever, like this is a great way to just go, well, I'm going to take D3 wounds, deal D3 wounds to you. That's that's strong.
0: Man. Yeah, I don't know. There's it's really hard for me to wrap my head around like all these changes. Thank goodness, actually, the Baratheons aren't as like developed as a faction yet, because this is just going to open up so many elements and things to watch out for.
1: Think about this: like you could claim the combat zone, right? Lay yep. this influence down in your unit. You know, you get your free attack with the unit, deal D three wounds to the defender, and then and the panic test. Assuming they survive, yeah, you could do this if you, when you attack is your activation later on. You could do that again, right? So yeah. it's, I mean, it has the potential to to throw out a lot of free wounds, which is good. You know, obviously you're taking them yourself, but again, it's like the the situation you're trying to establish he, with this kind of card is I'm spending my cheaper units wounds on something that's more expensive.
0: Wow. Craziness. Hmm. Well, I mean, and that's basically the Stannis side of things. Um, if you guys are listening, let us know what, what do you think about how Stannis is playing out here? Um, you know, I really do think we do see these categories developing, and you know, where do you, where are these going to deepen? Which of these do you find, like, call to you in that? You're like, man, I really want to do, you know, I want to run mobility Baratheons, and, like, how can I maximize that? Or are you're maybe all about the self-damage. Are you taking certain neutral units to soak up the damage? I mean, I guess Baratheon Wardens are pretty cheap at five points. I think I want to try, I, I think I want to try a, a heavy Rolord, uh army i
1: want to go with like a you know a fat like a, that lord of light faction just to give it a go see mm-hmm. like what what it can do if i really lean into it i still think the thing we need is cavalry um yeah. and, and a ranged yeah, unit exactly. you know so i mean luckily you have mercenaries for that but like i think that's the piece that like when i play well,
0: I mean, melisandre all- has become your ranged unit oh <laughs> well,
1: that's true she's like a siege weapon basically but, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, having like some, some bowmen, so um, playing pure was rough, but like, you know, you throw storm crow archers in there and you know, of flayed men, it's like, okay, now you got yourself a stew going, right?
0: Right. Yeah, I'll be interested to see where this goes. Uh, it is unfortunate with COVID 19 kind of wrecking havoc across the globe. Um, there may be some delays in releases as parts of the world yeah. are shut down. Um, you know, at the same time, you know, it's been 3 weeks or something since I've been able to get outside and play a game with anybody. Right. So, it's not like I'm, you know, I'm excited for new stuff, but it's not like I can do anything with it yet. So, I guess paint the delay it. is just all relative. That's true. I've got a lot of things I've been painting, so
1: I think uh, I'm going to bring my paint set like into my, you know, sort of office here, my work from home office, and I think in between conference calls and stuff, I'll just like do a little basing or something.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> That's know? awesome. Oh, man, I can't wait to see uh, some of the stuff you got going. Yeah. I mean, no promises. I, you know me.
1: <laughs> what? I've, I've uh, painted, like, two models so far, so...
0: Hey, that's okay. Baratheon's on the way. Um, They're happening. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in. So this is episode 71. Um, as always, we really do appreciate your support. It's been challenging times, and uh, I know everybody is probably in a similar situation in sort of a lockdown. So hopefully this was a good distraction, and that you're enjoying yourself. And... Uh, You know, stay tuned till next time. And in the meantime, I wish we all could be getting our miniatures on the table.